to the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Alicia Lubin. We're two broads living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. We explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English-speaking Chilean news podcast. To learn more about the news topics you'll hear today, check out chiletoday.cl and enjoy quick updates from around the country on Instagram at Chile Today News. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, if you're feeling generous, rate and review us and share our episodes on your Instagram stories. If you'd like to hear about a certain topic, have a story to share, or would like to ask us a question, contact us directly through our Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. Hey. Hey, girl. Hi. Hey. How you How's- doing? I'm I'm pretty good this week. I'm starting some projects around the uh, apartment, so I'm trying not to think of the fact that I haven't left my apartment in like a month. We've been in quarantine for like a month now, right? Is that it? I can't. It. it I can't tell. What is time even? Time disappeared what, again suddenly. What are your projects? What have you been working on? So I have worms. Bethany has worms. <laughs> Um, my boyfriend and I started composting and I'm so irrationally excited about it. I love it. I don't have any pets. So like I talk to my worms and I get excited when I give them their garbage to feed them. And I call them my little dragons and I love them. And I, it's, I don't know, it's, I don't, I think even going crazy in quarantine, but I was, it's great. I'm enjoying myself. Have you by chance composted anything with alcohol in it? And if so, do the worms love it? I don't know if you can compost alcohol. Actually, I'm not sure how you would even do that because typically they want like rotten garbage. And also I drink all the alcohol in the apartment. So like, I'm not sharing that. Hear me out. Boxed wine has like papery cardboard around it. So you take the lining out and feed the worms the boxed wine. Mm-hmm box Mm -hmm. i'm hearing what you're saying i do not know how that works because they don't like dyes like so i don't know how it would work with like a box with dyes in it they also don't like citrus they're very like they eat garbage but apparently they're sensitive and they don't like citrus i'm like maybe grapes i mean they can eat grapes i don't know i'm gonna have to research it i have to be very careful they're my little worm babies my little dragonitos Gotta make sure I don't upset their little tummies. I'm just saying, if this lockdown lasts, God forbid, into like May, maybe we have a case study with Mm. your dragons. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk to my dragons, see if they're up for a little booziness. But then again, I do have boxed wine here. It's for cooking, though. So because I don't insult my my palate with boxed wine anymore. I love how refined you are. I'm so fucking refined. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you? What are you, how are you staying sane in the the quarantine? I'm reading books. I've started a couple of projects. Um, and sometimes I just you talk to the cats. Yeah, that's why I've got worms because yeah. I talk. <laughs> exactly. So we're just, you know just one day at a time. I talk with my friends back in the U.S., which may or not be healthy because they're like, you know, we're traveling. I just went to this oh, party and I'm like, I just, yeah, great for you. But so um, I don't know, just one day at a time. It terrifies me what's going on in the U.S. because I feel like that's what was going on with us like two months ago in Chile where everyone's like, everyone's getting a vaccine. This is fine. I have so much hope. And that was us like two months ago. And now we're completely shut the F down. With like, just like, and the young people are getting affected more because of the Brazilian strain. And so everyone that I talked to some friends from the US last night, and they're like, I'm so happy everything's opening up and everyone's getting their vaccine. And I'm like, you guys gotta be careful. I don't want what what's happening to us happening to you. You gotta, you gotta be careful. Keep, keep wearing your masks. Lock it up or you're gonna get locked down. Pop lock and pop lock and drop. COVID. What? (laughs) So Alicia, do you have some news for us today? 
I do. We have some COVID updates. Um, so at the time of this podcast and when it's going to drop, folks between the ages of 47 to 48 can get vaccinated. Residents of Santiago who are um, 80 or older can visit grocery stores without a permit during the morning hours. Morning. And so far, 7.7 million, roughly, people have received vaccinations. Woohoo! And perhaps the most exciting news of all, um, a group of Chilean, Australian, and European researchers uh, in the Los Rios region found out that alpaca antibodies can, out, can counteract uh, more recent variants of COVID. So the promising discovery is at a preclinical trial stage. However, it might fall apart due to a lack of financial support for the oh, entire no. investigation. The biotechnology laboratory at the Valdivia-based university, um, at a Valdivia-based university, received two hundred million in CLP, which is around two hundred eighty-six thousand dollars U.S. from the Los Rios regional government, hoping that the research will prove a significant advancement to deter the global pandemic, especially in Latin America, where the coronavirus hasn't stopped spreading at all. Mm -hmm. um, despite like this promising research, the lack of funding might put a stop to the investigation. So Chilean scientists have found astonishing properties regarding stability and expression of the antibodies to enable mass production and in, in an effort to provide a treatment to block the spread of coronavirus and hopefully it will lower mot mortality rates and this could be a low cost cure. Oh, great. I hope they get funding. If you are out there looking for something to get rich quick on and you got some money laying around, invest in alpacas. Actually, did you know, this is so random, uh, alpaca farming is actually really, really profitable in the US. Is it really? Why? Yeah. Wait, do people eat alpacas? No, it's for their fur. It's really, them, really, right? yeah, they just shave. And it does actually, I also learned this, that shaving animals is super humane so like it's really sustainable to wear like um animal not fur like not fur but like uh lana uh wool there you go <laughs> that's the word in english because it doesn't hurt the animals and because uh things like uh, most alpacas and sheep are domesticated they have forgotten how to shed their own wool and so they'll get so furry that it like hurts them and prevents them from being able to graze and stuff. And anyway, thanks. So it's for like a spa day talk. for the alpacas and also alpacas are saving humanity. Hopefully. Uh, so uh, South America provided the potato, which like, you know, supported the entire industrialization of Europe. Now they're going to be providing the alpacas so much credit. South America doesn't get for saving the world. Big ups. <laughs> so um, kind of the opposite of an eco-friendly solution regarding animals. So the environmental NGO FIMA, F-I-M-A, reported thousands of dead fish in the Los Lagos and Aysen regions. The organization blamed the salmon farming industry, which pollutes ecosystems. Over 4,000 tons of salmon had died, have died in 10 days. Jesus. And Norway's Maui, M-O-W-I, Maui, Maui, it's a company. They own around 50% of famine, sam, famine farms, salmon <laughs> they farms. They own salmon farms. Um, salmon farms in Chile, and they account for about 26% of its profits. Chile's lack of environmental and labor restrictions make this business even more profitable because they can just exploit the shit out of it, while the environment and its inhabitants suffer lasting consequences. Mm -hmm. So what happens is microalgae recently suffocated these 4,000 tons of salmon. And in response, the salmon farming industry claimed that it was, quote, all a part of the natural process. However, like these microalgae wouldn't be blooming in the same way without the influence of these fish farms. In its 2017 report, the organization Maui, Maui, also known as Marine Harvest, said that fish escaped 15 times compared to 11 incidences in, incidents in 2016. However, 900,000 fish escaped in July 2018. And like this was super bad for the environment because- Because of the, the weather, right? 
Yeah, so the weather was like, ooh, like I'm going to make waves. And the waves helped the fish escape. And the fish were like feeling it. They were so excited. And they went out and then they ate other fishes because these salmon are like super salmon, right? And they Mm. had it, they disrupted the the local ecosystem. Um, Also, these are Atlantic salmon being raised in the Pacific Ocean. Anyway, but like Captain um, America salmon. So Captain South America is actually a giant salmon. Captain South America is a giant salmon. Or Or is he or she an alpaca? They are an alpaca salmon duo. Half alpaca, half salmon. Man bear pig? What what would it be a big man bear pig? Man bear pig, but from South America is alpaca salmon. Yeah. Sam alpaca llama. Okay. <laughs> An alpaca <laughs> bitten by a radioactive salmon. Says Pinguino. Podcast Pinguino. Thanks, podcast Pinguino. <laughs> Sorry that your that your your species is not represented in the South American man bear pig. Uh, okay, so that's that's insane, and it's also insane that there's so much freaking salmon in this country, and it's so freaking expensive. Salmon I is also insanely expensive here. Checked out this company's Instagram, and you know, like they're not alone in this. I think as a marketer, like I've embellished things as well, but I think we need to be really careful as you know, organizations and companies. We can't say something is environmentally friendly if it's not right. So I think washing. Right. Or just be honest and be like, you know what? Like we're trying, we're trying super hard to make this sustainable, but sometimes we miss the mark. And I think that's much more approachable and healthy than being like, yeah, Earth Day, like farmed salmon is so good for everybody. Like when really it's it's just not at this point. But greenwashing, um, uh, I talk about this a little bit and my partner, because I have an Instagram called at Gringas Go Green, <laughs> we talk about economic, They're awesome. e- ecologically sustainable stuff in Chile, um, in English and Spanish. So if you speak one of those two languages. Uh, so this thing about greenwashing, though, is insanely, insanely profitable. You say, uh, OK, I have this lotion and put a flower on it and it's like green or we didn't test on animals or whatever. I mean, people buy that stuff up left and right thinking, you know, that they're doing a good thing, but it's in reality, it doesn't take much to be able to say that it's green, right? There's no real control standards on what that means. Good rule of thumb. If it's in plastic, don't buy it. It's a good rule also, of thumb. Also, I feel like it's when we were growing up in the 90s and they had fruit roll-ups and like fruit gushers and even that like Sunny D garbage and they're like made with real fruit. Like, oh my God. Convincing you that it's made with real fruit when really it's just like a flavor, right? And I feel like that's what greenwashing is. It's just like it's, totally. it's a flavor. It's an artificial substitute for the real thing. How shitty were Lunchables probably for our like intellectual development we were just like horphan horfing whatever scarfing down we were horfing we were horfing down lunchables and and fruit roll-ups i mean that was my lunch growing up my parents teenage charcuterie right isn't that what they call it (laughs) yeah i mean i was horfing down lunchables and gushers like it like no tomorrow and like these kids kids today they get they get real food not biologically created Cheese squares. Cheese squares. Cheese product Is this the reason everyone I know is like has major depression and bipolar? Who has anyone done research on this? Is there a peer reviewed article? Someone share it with me, please. At Chile Today podcast. I need to know. What did this do to my generation? Bethany, you have some, um, you have some incredible updates that are applicable to many of us. Many of us can relate to these. I'm very excited to hear about your topic and all of the information that you have to share with us. Yes. So um, this is what many of you are here for, I think. Uh, I'm going to be discussing the new migration laws, which um, I think that there are good things and bad things about the new migration law. So if you're planning on migrating to Chile or you already have migrated to Chile and you think this affects you or you have doubts or questions, I'm going to do my best to cover this. I'm not a lawyer. Um, If you're in like a 
a panic because you are in an intense situation, it might be good to um, talk to someone who knows more than me. But pro tip, there is no such thing as an immigration lawyer in Chile. So please be careful. They do not actually have that specialization in this country. So there's a lot of people trying to scam immigrants here. So keep that on your face mind as I talk about the new immigration laws. So on April 11th, the government of Chile passed the new migration laws. And these took eight years and have received a lot of criticism from the opposition um, who says that these are making borders a lot more rigid and... um, But the president, Sebastian Piñera, said the objective is to put order in our house through an orderly, safe and regular policy and allow legal migration to combat illegal immigration. So the big emphasis on this really is to prevent illegal immigration. Um, So Piñera also says we do we do not want organized crime, smuggling, drug trafficking and those who do not respect our laws to enter the country. Those who try to enter clandestinely or illegally, not only commit crime, but risk being subject to expulsion. So this is like, you know, the discourse a lot of Piñera's party, which is that immigrants bring drugs, they bring crime, they're horrible, let's ignore all of the poverty and stuff that comes with being desperate and being forced to do these things. But anyway, that's what Piñera says. So, um... The opposition estimates that the hardening of the borders will lead to an increase in migrants crossing through unauthorized crossings, which puts these migrants in danger. And the enactment of the law comes at a time of migratory boom, especially in the northern borders with Bolivia, where in February and March, there were more than 1,000 entries uh, registered, which caused a collapse of the several border towns, which we talked a little bit about in the previous episode. According to the Department of Immigration and Migration, there are 1.4 million migrants in Chile, which is about 7% of the populations, while Venezuelans are the most numerous, followed by Peruvians, Haitians, and then Colombians. Um, So let's talk about these new changes. Um, So in order to now officially immigrate to Chile, you must first apply in the Chilean consulate. So if you are not living in Chile right now, if you're listening to this podcast wanting to immigrate here, you now have to go to the consulate, the Chilean consulate or embassy closest to you and apply that way. You cannot come here. In the past, what I did was I came here, I was like, Chile's rad. And then I applied for my visa here. And um, but now you can't do that. You cannot apply from internally. You cannot get a work contract internally. You must do everything externally which um, there's a lot of criticism of this, especially because of the culture of Chile, which is a lot of people get jobs via word of mouth, pituto. And so it's really hard to get a job in this country by word of mouth if you're not in the country. So getting a contract, getting a job is going to be very difficult for people to legally immigrate here. So that's why a lot of the opposition believes that it's just going to encourage more illegal immigration than encourage more legal immigration. So um, for people who are coming here to study, this doesn't really affect you because you already have to apply before you come into the country. The idea is before you even come into the country, you'll have already done your entire visa process and you'll be coming in with a carnet, with a root, with an identity number, which that sounds pretty awesome because if you're, as Alicia and I both know, waiting two years to get your identity number is insane. Help, how do I, I can't get a bank account, but the idea is you would be able to have all those things before you enter. How that's going to work in actual like practice. I mean, can you wait two years when you're applying to be an immigrant in another country to get your identification? I don't know. Is that going to be faster? Hopefully. So Um, the law specifically says they're going to regulate jobs though. However, so let's say you do get a contract and you are from one of these more populous countries, Peru, for example, the Chilean government has the, um, rights to also reject you because the idea is that now they are regulating jobs, which for me sounds a little shady, but whatever. I'm not a thingy, bobber. I'm not a person who I'm just an immigrant. I'm not a person who makes the laws. Um, so they also are trying to streamline the, this is one of the good things. I think they're also trying to streamline the whole process 
So for example, I'm still in tramite in process of my definitiva. I've been here. I've been here for a long time because I started just a few months before COVID hit and COVID hit. And so it's been, it's been, it's been fun. So um, the idea is they're going to streamline all of these processes because before, if you noticed other immigrants who are listening to this podcast, each of the cities had different like um, computer systems. Like, so Valparaiso would have their own immigration system and Santiago would have one and the PDI would have one that wasn't necessarily like on the same system as Dexenria. They're going to try to combine all of these things to streamline the processes. And you don't, there are certain steps that apparently you had to do in Santiago that you'll now be able to do in other parts of the country. So that's really good. That should have been done a long time ago, I feel like. That's just going to benefit everyone, I think. So I hope, hopefully this will work and it doesn't cause more chaos before it works. I, I'm really scared that things are going to collapse a right. bit before it works. But let's cross our fingers, shall we? Um, this is also... So all of these kinds of things are to prevent um, illegal immigration. That's the idea. It's going to make also proof of legality much more clear because for example, if you, you have to have a carnet now. So if you're like walking in the streets and you don't have a carnet, they know you're illegal. Right. So then they can much easier, much more easily expel you from the country. So what does this mean for you? My friends listening to this, as I said, if you're a student, this really doesn't affect you. Uh, however, in the past, there were a lot of students who would come here, they would fall in love with Chile, they would study here. And then after they studied that they would then apply for another visa. You can't do that anymore. You have to return to your home country and apply from your home country before you can come here. And you have, and that was, that's what you have to do. So, um, however, if, so let's say this has now happened because it has happened what does that mean for you person here that might be irregular slash illegal in Chile right now? Um, supposedly, um, not supposedly, that's not the word I want to use. You're in Chile and you entered through a league in a legal way. Like let's say you entered on a tourist visa, you got stuck here or you started a process. And now for some reason you're irregular because you got rejected. You have six months to regularize your situation. However, if your irregularity, if your illegality began after March 2020, um, you can you still have that six months, but you don't have to pay a fine because they're really trying to like encourage people to become legal. However, if you enter the country by illegal means, you have six months to leave the country. And the idea is that you would then go through the process of applying at your consulate Um and if you do that, like if you are leaving the country because you're on an irregular status, they're not going to give you a fine or any sort of punishment or put that on your record. So it shouldn't, quote unquote, count against you if you apply for a visa via the consulate in your home country. So basically saying just like leave in the next six months and we'll wipe your record clean. Don't worry. So that's sort of the situation right now. Um as far as I can tell, the eligibility or the types of visas that you can apply for are still the same, like the temporary visa and everything, but it's um, uh, more details are going to come out about that. Like what happens now if your visa gets rejected? Like how can you apply? And all those things are going to come out in the future and we'll keep you, we'll keep you updated on that. So I don't know. I'm really skeptical about this immigration thing, mostly because if this had existed, when I was just trying to decide if I was going to move to Chile, I never would have moved here. I would have, it was the reason, one reason I moved here is because I, I came here on a tourist visa. I loved it. And I was like, okay, let's do this. But if I had to like go back to the U S apply there, wait a year, I don't think I would have done it. I would have just been like, eh, you know, it's, it's too much. It's too much of a hassle. I'll just stay, you know? And so I mean, that is coming from a place of privilege. Like I was not, not running away from, I mean, imagine if you were like in a really horrible situation and needing to leave and you can't. So, I mean, my, mine's like, wham, poor me, but no, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't think that, I think it's going to encourage more illegal immigration slash going to put people's lives at risk. I don't know. Not a fan. I'm a, I don't know. I'm skeptical.
Yeah, I don't think I would have waited around. I don't I don't know if I would have. And I feel like at our age too, when we came out here, you know, so much happens in a year that your situation could have changed. Not saying that it was like super spontaneous, but I mean, there is an air of spontaneity in it all. Um, but perhaps just, I don't know what you think about this, but maybe it is, it was formulated to deter. Oh, absolutely. It was. It's the, I think the whole point that, but what I don't understand is I feel like it's going to have the opposite effect personally, because people, the, people who are coming here, maybe to work or like to really try to contribute you know, I know a lot of immigrants that work in technology and do a lot of research and they like really contribute. I don't think they would have, or actually I know they would not have come here had the opportunities not presented themselves. They would have gone somewhere else. Yeah. And because it was so easy to immigrate here, they brought that knowledge. They brought those skills. They brought that training with them. And I don't know. I just don't, I just don't see good things coming from this. I feel like it's, it's xenophobic. I think that they're just like, we only want the good ones, you know? <laughs> and so. Right. It's very merit based perhaps. They're like, stay in your country till we can review and make sure that we want you type of thing. When a lot of people come here because their situations and their home countries are really terrifying. Yeah. And if you, so in order to work in Chile, you have to have a degree and you have to have, or you have to have a contract. Again, like I mentioned earlier, getting a contract while living outside of Chile, like impossible, unless you get one, like, unless you get one by, cause you know, a friend, you know, a friend who's has somebody that's going to give you a contract. But then if you have to go through the entire consulate thing, like how much more likely would it be that they'd be like, this is not, this is not because they said that, they're going to be more strict about the types of jobs that you can immigrate here for. So right. what does that mean about like, if you're coming here to be, I don't know, to sell fruit or be a Nana or to work in construction, are they going to be like, no, 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 we don't want that. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, my, my, my heart says this is, this is not something that is going to be good. Beneficial <laughs> for everybody equally. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just don't, I feel like immigrants are the backbone of any like first world country anyway. And the more that you restrict them, the more human rights abuses exist. And, you know, Chile doesn't have a good track record in the past couple of years of respecting human rights. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you guys updated about what happens. I'm sure this is going to implode at least for a few months before they knock out the bugs. And I mean, who knows? We're getting a new constitution and a new president soon. So who knows what'll happen when that happens? So we'll see. Yeah. If you guys have any insight, ideas, opinions, stories, please send them to us. We love DMs at Mm -hmm. Chili Today Podcast on the Instagram. We also have an email, Chili Today Podcast at gmail.com. If you have comments, if you think that we're there are actually this is actually really, really good for immigrants and we just don't understand. Hey, tell us we're not experts. That's not, not me. That's all. Pinguino and we don't let him talk. So there you go. So what's we talking about today, Alicia? Ooh, okay. We were discussing in our group chat different things that we do here in Chile that maybe we didn't do back home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so we were discussing things at first too, like that were legal here and not legal in the U.S. So, um, yeah, we've got things <laughs> we do really, but that we don't necessarily do back uh, back home. Yeah. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Oh, I can start. Okay. Um, and start the fire. What? My first one is that I drink instant coffee here. Ew. How dare you? I know you get really vexed over this particular subject. And I bought a <laughs> coffee maker specifically for when you would come over. Um, but did not. Know, that is so I cute. Did. I did. It. I bought it with you in mind. Uh, I was like, you know, who's going to love this? Oh my um, gosh. 
And it started when I first came here and I was young and I was backpacking and I needed like some charge, right? I never really drank coffee before that. And they had instant coffee. And I was like, you know what? This tastes nice. And then I just kept drinking it. But when I go back to the States, like visiting my mom, I never drink instant coffee. None of my friends drink instant coffee, but here every morning, instant coffee. Why would you drink instant coffee when you have real coffee? Like I do not understand. No, I will say that I also never drank instant coffee before I came to Chile and I have drank it. I do drink and I drink it for a long time because I didn't have, they didn't have like gringo coffee makers here. Like the first four years I lived here where they were like a billion dollars. So, um, I drink instant coffee all the time and, uh, begrudgingly because it's either instant coffee or no coffee. So I drink it, uh, but now I have a coffee maker that my boyfriend got me for, I think, our two-year anniversary or a three-year anniversary, something like that. And I've never looked back. It's funny because I got him a French press the same anniversary, and neither of us knew we were getting each other. That's how tired of it's the coffee we were. <laughs> I was like, you a French press. I just have the best coffee every time I come over. Bethany, what's yours? It, uh, okay, so my... Oop op. My first thing that I never did before I came to Chile was I never watched soccer or football, football, as they say here. Like I probably had seen one football game in my entire life, which was like a peewee game that like one of my friend's kids was in one time that they dragged me to slash. I went lovingly because I love my friends and they're small, small humans. And um, so I never watched it, but now it's like a part of my life. It's a thing you do. Obviously, my boyfriend loves football and we watch it all of the time or we watch it. He watches it all the time. I happen to be there on Instagram while he watches it. And, um, you know, the La Selección and all those things. And the first day that I arrived in Chile was a World Cup game. I think it was Chile-Holland. And like, it was a new experience. I've been to Lau games. I've been to like live Chilean games. Oh man, back in the day when you could be in crowds, right? And it, they're, they're so much fun. I, I lo- like, especially being in the stadium, it's so much fun. But it's something I never did or never even thought of doing before I came to Chile. Soccer, man. Sure. Soccer. Yeah. And it's a completely different like culture, cultural like thing soccer or football it's its own sort of cultural aspect it's like kind of like a religion so people kill for this i've never been to a game here but i really want to go to one and yell goal oh everyone will yell with you goal i mean if you want to come over here that when the pandemic finishes Mao is definitely going to get uh, season passes and he usually gets free tickets. So come with us if he ever gets to go back to the stadium. His, his heart is breaking as he listens to me say that. Big ifs. Yeah. Yeah. So soccer, new thing for me or football, football. Also, I never call it soccer and I, I call it football and people are like, what? When I go to the US, I'm like, oh yeah, um, what's uh, uh, soccer? <laughs> so that's it. My next one is when I'm driving in Chile, I feel comfortable passing cops on the road. Like if a cop's <gasps> driving, I'll pass them in my car. I never freak out. I'm just like, oh, they're going slower. Like I'll just go around them. In the U.S., I would never. I would like slow down, get in the lane behind mm-hmm. the cop, like just really get very, very, very nervous. Here, mm-hmm. I don't get nervous. They don't. It's a really. To- Sorry. Oh, you're fine. It's just they don't tend to pull people over the same way that they do in the U.S. So I don't worry about it. And they don't care. And like you can look over and like wave, you know. Yeah. They don't care how you're driving as long as you're not driving like a. it is so true. You're so right. Because in the U.S., when I go and I go to the U.S., you're always like, I got to make sure I'm driving the speed limit or I, I or I will get pulled over. Like getting pulled over is like a rite of passage. Everyone's been pulled over at some point. But here. I've never, I never see people pulled over. And if it is, it's just like a random check of like, you have your carnet, you know, and in the US, it's like cops wait, like hiding in the bushes to like jump out and pull you over and murder you, you know? So (laughs) 
I, you can cut that out, I guess, if you want. But, you know, it, it's, I totally understand what you're saying. Oh, that's my turn. Shit. Okay. Something I never did here was uh, light gas, light my own gas fryers. Oh, such a good one. Oh my gosh. So uh, if you don't know, in Chile, if you move here, probably 95% of oven stoves here, especially the top, are gas. And you the, you just have to like turn on the gas and you have to like light your own match and then light it. And to this day, I get a little like nervous around them because I've seen like gas want like the fire, like whoosh. I hope that might've been really loud in the mic, like in your face. And like, it's, I don't know, it's nerve wracking for me. I I'm used to mine that I have in my apartment, but like if somebody was, if I go to like an Airbnb, I'm like, Oh man, Mal, can you, <laughs> can you light it? Cause he's been lighting them since his, his whole life. I'm like, Oh man, light or like a lot of people have to light their own pilot lights every time they take a shower or light their own oven, which doesn't have a lot of temperature control. It's just a lot of gas. It's a lot of gas. It's kind of scary. It's a little scary. I'm always like, how much gas is too much gas? You know, Um, if you don't get it, (laughs) it's just a lot. Then it does a Yeah. Or like, did I turn the gas off? Shit, 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 shit. Because, you know, I always have to make sure when you're cleaning to be careful you don't accidentally knock the gas on. And then a lot of people... Like there's been several places that I've lived where you had to buy your own like gas tank bucket thing and that to drag it in and you have to hook it up yourself to the gas thingy. Also (laughs) nerve wracking. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so if I do this, if I like sneeze mid attaching the gas tank to the hose, is it going to explode? Like no one smoke around any, like I'm, it's just, I'm nervous Chileans are probably laughing at me right now. It's like so normal for them, but it was, I didn't have to deal with a lot of like dragging my own propane tank around the city <laughs> before. And now I do. And it's scary. My next one is you can just park. Like you need to pull over, just park. And man, for the first year, it would drive me up a wall. I'd be like, why are you parked here? It is you know, two lanes, one way is going this way. The other way is going that way. Now I have to like play chicken with this car to get past you. Um, and now I see the convenience in it. And I too just kind of park if I need to park. Uh, I have parked on many things. I probably shouldn't have in the wrong direction. And I know that it's illegal. So I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying, like, in the States, if you park, you have to be really careful how you park. You're going to get a ticket. Here, I just, you just pull over. You just park. You just, you just send it. This is just an Alicia's episode of bragging that she has a car. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. No, I, no just- I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. No, I'm totally just fucking with you. No, you're, you're totally right. It's like people just park randomly in random places. Be careful though, because they do give out tickets for that, for those things. I, but at the same time, nobody pays their tickets. It's really weird. I like have that. students who are like, I have four tickets pending. And then one time I went online and they just disappeared. And I was like, They're what? Just not there. Yeah. So like road, uh, what's, what did you like? Uh, enforcing road rules is not really yeah. a thing here or it's at least I mean you might be one of those unlucky people is like no I had to pay five billion blah, blah, blah. but I know so many people who drive with expired tags not that you should do it you definitely shouldn't you should because if you do and you get caught it is a big deal um is so. they seem more like driving suggestions yeah <laughs> okay I'm going to stop right there. I'm, we're not, yeah, we're not recommending any of this. It's just no, but this. also like <laughs> I noticed, like I, re- I, I noticed like two years living here that I'd never seen a speed limit sign. I was like, but how do you know what the speed limit is? And they're like, oh, it's always this. I'm like, but ev- everywhere. Right. And they're like, yeah. Okay. So this next thing that I never did or whatever <laughs> before I came to Chile was drink, <laughs> drink sparkling water. Oh, Yes. So uh, apparently this is like a super common thing in some states, like apparently in like California or whatever, it's super common. But I, 
you cannot find sparkling water unless it's like Pierre, what is it? Peugeot? No, whatever. You know, the, the, the fancy green bottled sparkling water. Sam that they Pelly. Have. Yeah, Peladino, Pel- Pelican, whatever. Pelican that's the only thing Pelican. you can find. Yeah, that's the only thing that you can find in Arkansas. And it was, but you, it doesn't exist. It's nobody drinks sparkling water where I'm from. And so I never had it. And I came here and it's like, everyone drinks sparkling water. It's everyone. I mean, some people are like, oh, I prefer flat water or whatever, like sin or con gas. But it's always like an offer. They're both always there in every restaurant or whatever. And for me, it was like a new thing. And I, at first I was like, this tastes gross. And now I'm all about it. I love it. So that was a thing, a new thing for me. In Colorado, we never drank sparkling water. I, I always thought it was bougie. And then now I, now sometimes I drink sparkling water. I like it. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> true though. It's so true. Like once you come here, it's always like sin gas or con gas. Yeah, Congas. And I'm, I like it with it. And it's funny because when Mao came with me to the US, uh, at one point he wanted water. And I was like, okay, and we stopped by a gas station. He was like, well, where's the sparkling water? And I was like, bruh, no, like, <laughs> you don't like imagine a dude like walking up to someone in Arkansas being like, where's the sparkling water? He would get For laughed sure. at because yeah, it seems super bougie. Like it seems like super like, eh. mm, like just yeah, just take your your flat water, your just your water, and you know. I prefer <laughs> simpleton water, but that's just me. I don't even think they would have it at restaurants, like sparkling water at most restaurants. Like if you were like, I would like sparkling water, they'd be like, okay, and like maybe go behind the bar and find like what the bo- green bottle thing. But like that's it would like they I don't know if they know how to charge that. It would, <laughs> it's like a it's it's like a mixer. That's all it is. Right. Um, mine's food related too. I never ate mayonnaise before I moved here. Mayonnaise. I know a lot of people eat Is mayo. Mayonnaise an instrument. Um, but now I eat mayo. I dunk my fries in it. I put it on things like sandwiches and like like I said, I know in the U.S. people eat mayo, but here, like I, I never oh did. God, it it's a religion here. Like Chile is one of the biggest consumers. I think like the second biggest consumer of mayo in the world. I think Russia is number one, surprisingly. I don't know. I I don't know. I read something like that at one point. Like mayonnaise is such, and like not a little mayonnaise. You're not going to put like a squirt or two on your sand. It's like a layer, a good kappa, like a good centimeter layer of mayonnaise on like every sandwich. It's It's a spread. Yeah. It's like, it's not a, it's, and it's with, and you dip everything in it. It's a dipping thing for fries. That and golf corn? sauce. Golf sauce. Do you know what golf sauce is? What is golf sauce? This is also a thing. This is not on my list, but this is also a thing that I've never had until this is fun facts. I had never had until I came to Chile. Golf sauce is mayonnaise and ketchup mixed. Huh. Yeah, like fry sauce, like special sauce. Yeah, and apparently the only other place in the world that has it besides South America is Utah. And so one day I was like, I wonder if it's because the Mormons come to South America to do. And I Googled it. And on Wikipedia said that, yes, the Mormons brought it to South America when they came to do their missions. (laughs) So they call it something else in Utah. But um, yeah, so fun golf sauce. That's another thing. They love their mayonnaise ketchup mix. Golf sauce. Golf sauce grew on me. Like I'm, I'm I'm a golf sauce fan. I like golf sauce. It's nice. Not a huge mayonnaise fan by itself. At least not in that quantity, but yeah, mayonnaise, mayonnaise, lots of it. Get ready. Okay, my next one, more drinking. Uh, I didn't drink good wine before I came here. I had zero palate for wine before I came to Chile. And uh. somehow it just, it just grows. Like you don't realize it happens. Like one day you wake up and you, and you like good wine because you're here and like low, cheap, cheap wine here is, is better than you know, most of the stuff you're going to get unless you're in California. And now I go back to Arkansas, <laughs> Arkansas, we do not have good wine. Like, and somebody will be like, it's this wine. It's like sparkling peach. And I'm like, this is, this is Boone's farm, my friends, like just with a different label, please do not make me drink this. And I don't know how to not be like Quico about it or Quica, like, or bougie, because it's like, my friend's like, come over, have some wine. And it's literally like Kool-Aid. And I'm like, um 
do you have like vodka or something? <laughs> that's going to give me a horrible headache. And I'm insulted that that's called wine. Uh, so, and, and I didn't even know what happened. It just one day it was like, I'd go back to Arkansas or go back to the US. And I just knew like when I drank something like this is horrible wine or like this is juice. Like, what is this? Help me. For real, man. Like I remember before I came out here, I was playing slap the bag and I toured a Franzia and what is, now- what? What are you, did you just have a stroke? What are you saying? Slap the bag. You ever played slap the bag? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you take the bag out of a Franzia box. You know, oh, the box that's, a, that's box wine. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah. And then you stand in a circle and you hold up the bag for the person next to you, slap the bag while they open up the spigot and drink as much as they can. Were we alcoholics? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and tour the, it's also called tour de Franzia. Cause you have to like go around in a circle and drink your, fr- okay. Oh my God. I miss getting, I feel like it's so hard to like get drunk with your friends these days because you know, everybody's got their, like everybody wants to avoid a hangover. And sometimes I just want to party, you know, I just want to get drunk and then regret it the next day. Is this being in your 30s? Is being a millennial in your 30s? What is happening? There's pain. Yeah, there's pain, but I want it. I want the experience before the pain. There you go. Maybe it's just I miss miss being with people more than anything like laughing and like loosening up. Maybe that's it. Or maybe I'm just an alcoholic. Maybe. Maybe I just need to explore this with my therapist. Let's see. Anyway, so that's mine. If you live in Chile for any amount of time, you'll like go back to the US and you'll like drink wine that you used to love. And you were like, what the hell is Moscato? Get it away from my face. I'm never. Right. You go back super bougie with your beverages. You're like, I I only drink water that has this amount of bubbles in it. And (laughs) my wine. This This wine has been corked. Don't (laughs) you know this wine has been corked? Um. Like, I don't, did you guys know this wine's been corked? Can we, it's fine. We can just take it back and like get another kind of wine. It's fine. Uh, but like not that one. No, 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 no. Let, let, let me get this one. Okay. Yeah. And then like the same wine you buy in Chile is like 30 bucks in the US. And it was like right. two bucks here. <laughs> like, well, I think I told you one time, like I went to the US and my friends like knew that I was like, I like wine. And so they like bought the Chilean wine that was at the local liquor store. And it was 120, which is like, the shittiest wine in Chile besides Gato and they bought it and I was like okay I'm gonna drink this and it was just I mean, all I could do that counts. it is a thought that counts but I knew the next day I was gonna get be so hungover I was like oh no oh no 120 you cook with that do not speaking of hangovers i you know it's very normal here for people just to like sleep in the grass and oh I never God. did yeah. that. I, I never just found a patch of grass and laid down in it, right? Like I'd camp, but we had like, you know, hammocks. Here though, I have found myself occasionally find a nice patch of grass right in the sunshine, just laying down, mm-hmm. close my like eyes for a little bit, like like a cat, like a cat in the grass. Yeah. So that's one thing I do. Laying down in the park. Naps at the park in the grass. Having sex in the park at the grass. No, no, I have done not that. done that, but that is no, never, I've never done that. But Neither of us have ever done game. that. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I've had sex. Okay. Nobody needs to know that. Okay. So no, I mean like, because Chileans live with their parents for so long, they like wherever they can go to, oh, which reminds me motels are now open. They're considered a necessity. And if you don't know what motels here are in Chile, a motel is not like a less fancy hotel. No, it's a place you specifically go to have sex and they're like themed rooms. And it's, (laughs) it's a, it's an experience and they're considered essential. Now they're open. If you can't get ass in the grass, go to the motel. Yeah. But it, it's like so funny because I was watching this series called Los Ochenta and it's Chilean. And there's like this whole thing that my first Chilean boyfriend told me that like when you're a teenager, you go to Cerro Santa Lucia and you have sex. And in the show, like the guy and the girl are like making out on Cerro Santa Lucia in the middle of the day in the grass and like about to have sex. And the guy pulls out a condom. I'm like, you're in the middle of the hill. <laughs> it's middle of the day. And like my boyfriend it. was like, yeah. It is yeah. alarming. Because you live with your parents. So where else are you going to have sex? You go to hide behind a little statue on the hill. So but how liberating. Good for you guys. Good for you. That wind on your bum. There you go. But yeah, no, but sleeping on the grass. Back to what you said. <laughs> sleeping on the grass. No, it's going to the park back in the day when you could do this. Going to the park 
like laying in the sun and like me and Mal used to take like a nice like not that this is legal but like a nice bottle of white wine that was like chilled and like sit in the park and drink and like snack on grapes or whatever and it was just such a nice thing to do on a Sunday oh man yeah I never did that in the U.S. either it's so nice so nice okay my last one is cooking every single thing that's ever existed ever from scratch oh yeah cooking here is so much more difficult things do not come ready-made and if they do it's a billion dollars so it's a constant like I wonder if I can make that like anything you see my friend the other day was like oh the sauce from this place I like that comes in bottles now in the U.S. and I was like I wonder if I can make that (laughs) because you can't get (laughs) it's like a one steak sauce you can buy that at kiosk club for like 40,000 pesos or you can try to make it (laughs) let's see if anyone has a recipe online for sure but everything from everything from scratch you can't buy canned sauce or this or that you gotta I made my own hoisin sauce the other day Jeez, (laughs) yeah and I was like okay because I need to do this recipe but okay let's do this um so I mean everything's from scratch if I thought I I when I lived in the U.S. I was like I can cook like and so I cooked quote-unquote in the U.S. when everything like you just get like six cans of things put it together and voila I was like I'm a cook and then I got here and I was like I don't know how to beans don't come in cans you have to soak them overnight and then boil them what the heck like it I didn't know any of that I was quite ignorant of it so that's something I learned to do dude yeah like long gone are the days of hamburger helper I, yeah it, oh, it is from scratch, but it's, it's nice it feels a little bit more digestible well, yeah, I mean, things have less preservatives in it. It's definitely more healthy. Like you're getting your fruits and vegetables from a market rather than most of the time, rather than like a big chain, which I actually is one of my things. And I'm trying to buy less things from Jumbo and Leader and more things from like local vendors. Um, L-O-M-I.cl is a good place to get all local stuff and they deliver within 30 to 60 minutes. Fruits and vegetables and milks and bread and all stuff from local vendors so so yeah that's uh that was my that's my thing i, I can that's cook now thing. so yeah was that all are we done are we done we're done i'm gonna uh-huh. yes we're done i'm gonna go eat now that we talked about all this yummy food oh my gosh now i want beans what <laughs> well <laughs> thank you everyone for listening <laughs> yeah but i can't have beans because i have to soak them i have to soak them i can't have them until tomorrow okay yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions about what we talked about today, uh, what it was something that you did for the first time coming to Chile? Was it hang drying your clothes? Because that's a thing. Oh, also, yep. <laughs> what? There's no, <laughs> what? Yeah. So let us know what you have. If you have a story to share, message us. Um, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, stay, stay safe, safe and uh, soak your beans. And when in doubt, gringo out. <laughs>